Hello, America. Hello, my fellow Floridians. This is our second show from the great and free state of Florida, USA. I am the Chief Mark Garrett. Welcome to Your Leo Nation. It is Your Leo Nation because we are a nation of laws, not of men or women or whatever you might call yourself. We're a nation of laws. So happy. I mean it, folks. I am so happy to be here in Florida. Uh, it, the family's happy. I'm happy. It's just a, it's a great place to live. Spent all my life in California, but it was time to get the hell out of Dodge, as they say. You know, it's funny. So we just had, just a while back, we had Hurricane Idalia go through here. And of course, serious issue. And I think it's got to about a category three hidden land, um, kind of the big bend of Florida up between the panhandle northeast part of Florida. Went through and did a lot of damage, and uh, things could have been worse, but of course, these things are always serious. But the 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 thing I find so ironic is the number of calls and texts that I got from my friends and family in, in California about uh, the hurricane. And we're about 100 miles west of where it really hit land dead on, and it didn't affect us at all. We had some light rain. It was actually quite beautiful. We were lucky exactly where we live, but... But um, the text and phone calls I'm getting from people in California, and I'm thinking, what? I said, you live in California. <laughs> oh, we're dealing with this one hurricane. You, you got, by the way, you guys had a hurricane. You had a hurricane or a tropical storm, whatever it became in California. You got earthquakes, fires, floods. You got crime up the yin yang. You got high taxes. And speaking of hurricanes, you got Hurricane Newsom. That thing never goes away unless until he's turned out of office, looks like, uh, here, you know, not soon enough. So I'm just thinking the irony here is just it's just too thick that I'm getting phone calls. And thank God my friends and family are looking out for us and and they are checking their safety. But I'm thinking, nah, you know what? I'll, I'll take my chances here in Florida with everything else that's going on between these two states. So speaking, speaking of Hurricane Newsom, folks, I just can't let it go. We're talking about a nation of laws. We're talking about what the problems are with law enforcement. We're talking about what the solutions are with law enforcement. And uh, there are people in one party or another, I won't say which one, the Democrats, who always like to use the phrase, the root cause. What's the root cause of this, the root cause of that? And then they ignore what the root cause is. Like, you know, at the border, what's the root cause? There's no border. That's the root cause. And they don't fix the border. So, the root cause of the problems in, in California, of course, obviously the criminals are committing the crime, but it's the fact that the law is not being enforced and the officers' hands are bound in, in such high degrees there. So talking about Newsom, the, it just never, never ends. So let me take you back a little bit about um, a few years ago when I was still the chief in, in, in the high patrol in Los Angeles County. And um, something a few years ago uh, started, I touched on it before in a couple other podcasts, the Organized Retail Theft Task Force. And that was created to combat just what it sounds like, uh, organized theft. And a lot of that involved uh, you know, containers coming off ships, uh, commercial transport, warehouses, uh, things like that. And there was a lot of outcry, especially from a lot of corporations and companies that were losing tens of millions of dollars with these with these gigantic uh capers these gigantic heists 
across the state. And of course, the California Highway Patrol became the um, coordinator for this task force. And it's grown. Now, it's grown for a number of reasons, but it really has accelerated. But like anything else in California that may have started for a good idea with the maybe the right reasons, now it's becoming another political tool of the power structure in California. Law enforcement is being abused. It's being manipulated for political gain. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm talking about here in a minute. And yes, the head of this is, is Gavin Newsom. I told you before, just watch this guy, whatever he's doing, he is doing for larger strategic political reasons. It's not what it looks like when you first look at it. In other words, don't your eyes deceive you with this guy. He's slick. He's slicker than his gel in his hair. That's how slick he is. So, of course, we've all seen it. We've all seen the, the out-of-control smashing grabs, these Nordstrom, and I mean, look, you, you name it, from Target to whatever. See businesses leaving. San Francisco's becoming a ghost town, except for the walking dead crackheads and, you know, meth freaks. It's just out of control, completely out of control. And I, I don't think contention, uh, completely without design, quite frankly. It's another encyclopedia to talk about. But the task force is something that is, it's, it's front and center right now. So let me tell you what happened. Actually, let me read you a clip here real quick. Just read you a little bit of an article. This is posted on August 17th. I'm going to try to get this in some good order for you so you get the big picture and see how nefarious some of these people are. So, and I, you know what? I apologize. I didn't get a byline for this article, but it was August 17th. What you need to know, Governor Newsom is directing the California Highway Patrol to triple its resources in Los Angeles to help the city crack down and organize retail crime. Now, certainly Los Angeles is is falling apart with this stuff, like other metropolitan areas. But when you think of these smash and grabs, when you think about the 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 maybe the epicenter of this, we all think of San Francisco because it's probably worse there than any place else. So why is he focusing on Los Angeles? Why does he want to want to triple the resources? Now again, when Newsom gives a directive, that is to the state police, the California High Patrol. That's the state law enforcement agency. <clears throat> Pardon me. So he directed the CHP to triple its resources in Los Angeles, specifically Los Angeles. You know what that means? It went from four officers to 12 officers, literally. That was a tripling size of, of, of the resources from the CHP in that city, that county, uh, more accurately. But he's focusing on Los Angeles. And you think, well, you know what, Mark? Hey, it's it's there's a lot of crime there, and he's just being proactive and and maybe he knows something about Los Angeles and maybe things coming to the pike that he wants to get in front of. Yeah, that's what you'd like to think. Let me tell you actually happened. So I'm going to just read a little bit of this to you. What Governor Newsom said, this is a quote, the state is investing hundreds of millions of dollars to crack down on organized crime. And when our local partners need further assistance, we're ready with a helping hand. The CHP is the proven leader in tackling organized retail theft. And through this expanded partnership, the agency will further assist the city in doing its job to keep Angelinos and their businesses safe. 
By the way, you know, I want to give props to CHP because on this, he's right. The CHP, and I partner with a lot of agencies, including Los Angeles Police Department, Sheriff's Department, but the Higher Patrol does a fantastic job on these types of details. But what was behind this in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen? Why did he focus here in Los Angeles? Here, there, thank goodness. Why did he focus on Los Angeles? And why did he call this press conference when he did? Well, if you just take the time to go back and Google Los Angeles City Mayor Karen Bass retail theft. Take a look and see when her press conference was regarding retail theft, organized retail theft in the city of Los Angeles, the city of which she's a mayor. It was right before Newsom issued the statement and had his press conference. See, Karen Bass, she saw her own problems there and, and I think took responsibility for her city proactively with LAPD and directed the chief there, Mike Moore, to do the thing, hey, wrap up resources, let's focus on this, and let's get this taken care of in the city. Well, I'll tell you right now, my sources, and they're good sources, they gave me the backstory about actually what happened here. Newsom was not all too happy with Mayor Bass having the press conference without his notification and his participation I'm thinking probably like Karen Bass was thinking too. It's like, why do I need to have you here, Gavin? It's my city. I'm the mayor. I work with the police department here. I'm not asking for state resources. It's great if you offer them up, but this is my city and this is what I'm doing to take care of my people in the city of Los Angeles. Such as it is. I'm not a big fan of Karen Bass, but that's a different story. But it's her prerogative to handle crime and other issues in her city as she sees fit. There's always room for partnership. I get that. But why was Newsom pissed? He was pissed because he wants the spotlight. He knows that organized retail theft is not only a state issue, it's a national issue, international, because it gets a gigantic spotlight worldwide. More importantly for him, nationwide, it gets a huge, huge spotlight. And I said it a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand more times. Gavin Newsom has every intention of running for president, whether it's this cycle or not, depending on what openings there are for him, or the next, <clears throat> the next cycle. He is looking to become president, and he is trying to cover his tracks every way he can with something that hits home for all of us. And that's crime. Quality of life issues. That's what most voters vote, vote on quality of light and, and the economy. And so he's trying to cover his tracks. He did not want to give his fellow Democrat mayor credit for what she's trying to do in her own city. He was not happy about this. And then he directs the CHP not to triple their resources statewide, but to triple the resources in the city of Los Angeles because he wanted to make sure he got a piece of that spotlight that Karen Bass, as far as I know, simply proactively went out and initiated with her directive to LAPD to work on this problem. Probably can't solve it, but at least going to attack it the best they can. So this is what's going on. I didn't read that full article to you. I didn't want to bore you for articles. Not boring. Actually, there's a, there's a lot in there that that is political, if you read. And there are a lot of articles on it. 
but you go back and watch this press conference, go ahead and take, take a look at it yourself. And I'm telling you right now, this is exactly why. If Karen Bass had not taken the steps that she did, Gavin Newsom never, ever would have directed the California Highway Patrol to triple its resources in Los Angeles or any place else for that matter. So at this time, at least. Um, but again, this is using law enforcement as a political tool. He uses for himself and it doesn't surprise me, but it is disappointing as usual. So with him, so it isn't in there. There, look, we're looking at the exodus of California, example number probably 750,000 looking at right now, but it's not just the citizens of California. It is obviously the citizens, but not just people getting out, but people are leaving law enforcement in California. We know this. One example, we're talking about San Francisco briefly a minute ago. San Francisco is down at least, at least 500 officers. From what I understand, it's probably a lot higher than that, but at least 500 officers. So what they asked for and, and, and what did Newsom do, I think it's last year now, he sends in, guess who? The California Highway Patrol into San Francisco. Now he's done it at the request of the city of Oakland across the bay. Now the Highway Patrol is going into the city of Oakland. Triple A resources in Los Angeles City for retail theft. Deployed in the uh, city of San Francisco. Deployed in the city of Oakland. And now I think going into Antioch, another city in the Bay Area, um, at the request of all these cities, you know why? Because their police officers are leaving. They are fleeing either law enforcement uh, in general or specifically those particular agencies for which they work now because they don't want to be cops in that state anymore. This is the problem. Even the California Highway Patrol is struggling <clears throat> to build its academy classes. By the way, they just graduated 112 new officers last week, which is awesome. But it's a long, long, long way to go to fill the ranks of the California Highway Patrol. What's the point of all this, ladies and gentlemen? The point is, is that Newsom, part of the infrastructure, part of the machine that caused these problems and allowed these problems to fester and grow. And I'm talking about the theft. I'm talking about violent crime. I'm talking about homelessness. I'm talking about all these issues. It is a supermajority Democrat state, has a Democrat governor, Democrat mayors, probably the majority uh, throughout the state, minus the Central Valley and parts of Orange County. It is a almost completely Democrat controlled state. And you have people like me, you have law enforcement fleeing the state. They're getting out for different reasons. And by the way, there's about 175 different reasons to get out of California now. So now the law enforcement left and the law enforcement agency that is at his disposal by the California Constitution, and that is the California Highway Patrol, he's trying to plug these gaps that he and other people in his party have created. They've created these gaps. They've told people in one way or another to leave California. They have told them to, but their actions have encouraged people to leave. This is exactly what's happening. The productive people, the law-abiding citizens, the people who can afford to get out, 
who don't have to work there, who don't have to live there are leaving. And now what's caused, it's become, it's become escape from New York, escape from California. You have an increased population of people who do not abide by the law. You have less enforcement of the law. You have less incarceration. By the way, I'm going to get to incarceration in a minute. It's absolutely hilarious what Newsom's plans are now. I mean, it, you just can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. It's it. For those of you old like me and remember the original Saturday Night Live, this, the good Saturday Night Live, this is Saturday Night Live material, what we're talking about, what's going on in California. And it would be hilarious if it weren't so tragic. And it weren't so sad. And if so many millions of people were not suffering, if so many hundreds of thousands of business owners and school children, moms and dads, everyday people weren't suffering, it really would be hilarious, but it certainly is the material of a comedy skit. So he's plugging these holes at different cities around the state and again look at the cities where the holes are being plugged they're trying to be plugged san francisco extremely blue oakland extremely blue los angeles i mean need, need i go on there are some cities in california that are taking care of themselves and generally there's a reason for that there's a reason for that and as much as they like more officers and like more assistance they're kind of holding their own not a lot of places, but enough to make my point. I think you, you get my drift. Another thing to remember about Newsom authorizing the CHP to provide services to these various cities in California is this. From what I understand, and someone can fact check me, someone can do a public records act request. I didn't, but I trust my sources. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But what I understand is, is that the Ohio Patrol is providing these services without a reimbursable contract. What that means is the state of California, the California Ohio Patrol, is picking up the cost of all of these services. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because it just accentuates it. It, it, it makes the problem worse for the Ohio Patrol, obviously, because... I mean, it's a billion dollars. I'm sorry, billion dollars. It's three plus billion dollar agency. It's the fourth largest agency in the country. And they have a primary responsibility for safety at service and security for state resources, state assets, or highways, or unincorporated areas, or state facilities. If these services are not being provided to these cities on a reimbursable contract, that means these officers are not working there overtime. They're working there on straight time, which means they are specifically being pulled from their primary role, their primary beats. They go in the morning or afternoon or graveyard shift. They get briefed. And instead of going out to the 210 freeway in Pasadena or the 880 in the Bay Area, or the eight in San Diego, they are leaving their previous primary responsibility and are going to a city to try to cover the holes, punk the holes that have been caused by the policies of these leaders in cities and in the state. So what does that mean? Are there more or less impaired drivers that are going uncontacted, unarrested? Are there more 
or fewer highly violent incidents that are not going investigated, going without being investigated, <clears throat> perpetrators not being apprehended, traffic collisions that are not being investigated in a timely manner, on and on and on, auto theft, uh, uh, dangerous felons that would otherwise be pursued and caught. People do not understand, a lot of people do not understand, or in this case, I think, give a damn about the impact on public safety across the state when the California High Patrol is sucked into these other cities on their own dime, on their own time, without any reimbursement. This is dangerous stuff. But the people in charge, and I'm not talking about the Ohio Patrol. Ohio Patrol is actually following directives from their boss, the governor. That's what they have to do. I get it. Been there, done that. Gotta do what you're told. You don't always like it. But that's the way a chain of command works. I'm talking about the governor's office. I'm talking about the secretary of transportation. I'm talking about the people who are in charge of the Ohio Patrol. They either don't understand or they don't care about the negative impact public safety that this type of window dressing and band-aid on an open artery causes the people of California. And again, this all comes down to the policies that got us here in the first place. You know what they are. Talked about them a million times. I'm going to keep talking about them. I'm going to keep talking about them. Because people's lives are affected. People's lives are ended. Because of these policies, people are murdered, they're raped, they're tortured, they're kidnapped, they're burglarized, they're assaulted. We all know it. And now, for political reasons, this man wants to try to look good and say, well, I did this and I sent this high patrol in here, I sent the high patrol in there. Yes, you are the arsonist who came in with the water hose. Doesn't work for me, pal. We know what's going on. Now he wants to debate Ron DeSantis. I don't understand why anybody can't see through that. And quite frankly, I don't understand why Ron DeSantis will give him the time of day, but that's a whole different story. So let me finish up here with, with Newsom's latest proposal. And this is, I mean, I, I mean, if I could, I, I try to come up with something funnier, but this is actually real. I'm going to read a decent part. This is actually September 1st. It's article. And, um, from the AP, Sacramento, California Governor Gavin Newsom, I said Gavin, I don't know, Gavin Newsom, has ambitious and expensive plans for a dilapidated factory at San Quentin State Prison where inmates of one of the most, of one of the nation's most notorious lockups once built furniture and lawmakers have given him the green light to start with little input or oversight. Now get this, I'm not making this up. Associate Press, September 1st, go look it up. He wants to spend $360 million demolishing the building and replacing it with one more reminiscent of a college campus with a student union, classrooms, and possibly a coffee shop. It's part of his desire to make San Quentin, once home to the nation's largest death row, where nobody ever got executed, because it's California, and where the state performed executions, a model for preparing people for life on the outside, a shift from the state's decades-long focus on punishment. 
I could read on. I might read some more of this, but isn't that enough? I, I Isn't that enough? I got it. I got it. So if you end up in San Quentin, ladies and gentlemen, in California, if you end up in state prison at all in California, the crimes that one must have committed, and almost certainly not just one, are of the most heinous nature if you end up in state prison now in California. It's hard to get in state prison. I mean, you got you got to get reservations now to get in state prison, not because not because they don't have room. That's another lie. It's because they don't want to put people in state prison. That's why they left them out. That's why they left them out and kept them out. Prop 47, ABO, AB 109, on and on and on. That's why all this legislation, keep people out of prison, get people out of prison, reduce penalties for prison because they don't want them in prison. This is why we have a crap going on in Oakland, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, and you name it, on and on and on and on and on. So now he wants to build a coffee shop for hardened criminals in San Quentin. So if you are unfortunate enough to have committed enough heinous crime to end up in state prison, not just any state prison, but San Quentin. Okay, we're talking about Charles Manson. We're talking about, uh, um, I'm forgetting some of the incredibly notorious names. Uh, what's his name? The uh, uh, gangbanger who finally died by lethal injection there after decades and decades. Uh, Tukey Williams. Ah, my old mind came back to me. It saved me here. Tukey Williams. Took him, I don't know what, 30 years, I think, pretty close to get executed for murdering two different groups of people on one night just for fun. They made fun of it about how they gurgled when he shot him in the back with a uh, with a shotgun. This is the kind of people that end up in San Quentin. And it's the kind of people that, quote unquote, let's see, a model for preparing people for life on the outside. If Tukey Williams had just had a latte, then maybe he would have reformed. Or Charles Manson, maybe an iced coffee, he would have seen the light. And we could have gotten back out there before he died. And he would have been a model citizen. This is the kind of freakish, absurd and scary crap coming out of the leadership, I put that word in quotes, of California. The idea that virtually anybody, by the way, most people that, most people that end up in prison, period, prison, not county jail, most people that end up in prison any place are hardened criminals, and most of them don't get reformed. Sorry, that's just the case. Can some be reformed? Absolutely, and I'm all for that. I want people to come out. Listen, I'm actually good friends with a couple of people who've been in state prison or even federal prison. I just know them. They did some stupid things. And now they live absolutely model, life, uh, model lives. That's true. But the idea that you're going to spend almost $400 million to build a coffee shop in a student union at one of the mo mo most notorious prisons in the country to reform people, this is going to help. It's going to make any difference for public safety. It's absolutely frightening that someone in this position of authority would even suggest a thing. And the, as you heard earlier in the article I read there, it says with, with little or no oversight. Why that is, you can read. I won't bore you with the, with the article. I'm not saying bore you with the article, but I won't take your time. You should read stuff for yourself. Don't take my word for everything. It's out there in the public purview. And you should know this as well as I do. These are the things that are going on, ladies and gentlemen.
And they're not going to end in that state or similar states until there is a change of guard in these states. California is going to continue to bleed internally and externally. I'm talking about there's going to continue to be crime in that state. And there's going to continue to be an exodus of people who are not committing crime. In other words, your productive people in that state are going to leave. They're fleeing in droves because they don't want any more of it. I know I didn't. I know I talk about some rough stuff a lot, but I have to. We have to. If you care about law enforcement, if you care about a civil society, you should be out there waving the flag. You should be out there talking to everybody you know about who they vote for, why these things are happening. Florida is a long way from being perfect, but it's also a long way from California. And I mean that philosophically. That's what I'm talking about. It's a long way from California. Is it perfect? Nope. Is it a lot better? Yes. There are specific and tangible reasons why. And I'm going to talk about that in another show. I know I talked about it really one of our very first shows that we did. We actually had the sheriff of uh, Walton County, Florida, on. Great job. We talked about what they do with that sheriff's department. But it's not just that sheriff's department. What that sheriff does, what that sheriff does in this department, it is, it's indicative of the culture here in Florida. It's certainly in the region in which I live. There's a reason, and I'm not just talking about law enforcement, I'm talking about the citizens as well. Things just don't happen by chance, like lightning. Things like this happen because of decisions that we as individuals make and that the politicians we elect implement. They are controllable. They are absolutely controllable. They start with each of us. Be your own first responder. Police yourself. Do the right thing and encourage everybody around you to do the same. That's what changes situations like we have in California and New York and Wisconsin and in and, and, and Illinois and on and on and on. That's what it is. It's result of decisions. So yeah, when I read this stuff, you say, yeah, Mark, yeah, we, we get it. Yeah, if you get it, then do something with it. I'm just encouraging you because I want, I want this country to survive and I want it to thrive. And I want your kids and my kid and everybody else and your grandmother and mother-in-law and yourself and your next door neighbor to be as safe as possible. But it takes action. And if we're always looking to our elected officials to do something for us, that's when we give up all of our decision-making. We give up all of our personal authority. We give up all our power up when we say, well, we hope they do the right thing. No. First of all, you got to get rid of those people, but you have to start doing the right thing yourself. And what I mean is, is talking to people, taking some type of action. What's the old adage law enforcement or public safety? If you see something, say something. Well, we're all seeing something, so do something. If you see something, do something. You donate to that cause. You donate to that defense fund. You donate to that, to that uh, candidate for a particular office. You go to your school board. You get on school site council like I was. You talk to your county supervisor. Ladies and gentlemen, do something. We have to turn this tide. And I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to stay on this. I'm going to call these people that are causing these cities, these counties, these states, and these, this country misery. I'm going to stay on it. This is your Leo Nation. And our law enforcement 
agencies, our law enforcement leaders, and there are leaders out there, they are fighting two battles, the criminals and the politicians. And we can do something about both. So be a part of the solution. You can go ahead and whine like I do, but I'm doing something. A year ago, I didn't know a damn thing about podcasting. Don't, don't know much more now, but I'm doing what I can. I want to get the word out there. If you agree with me, if you're passionate about this the way I am, do me a favor. Do us a favor. Let's get the word spread. Let's do something right now, today. Call to action. Go to my YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Follow us on, on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Rumble. S spread this word around. Share it. And I mean that. Like, follow, subscribe, share. Do everything you can. And comment too. And by the way, I meant to talk about some comments I got a couple of days ago. Absolutely hilarious. I'm going to say it right now. Someone, when I did the, the last show about um, about uh, uh, the wrong side of history, I got a comment from some knucklehead, and I wouldn't give you his handle because I don't want to give. I don't want to spread his stuff around, but saying that I'm speaking in dog whistles, just dog whistles, dog whistles. And every time I hear that, I think how insulting. Not to me. I got thick skin. How insulting to say that a certain group of people are going to respond to a dog whistle. Every time you hear that, ladies and gentlemen, every time you hear that on TV, every time you hear that from wherever it is, think about who that's really directed at. The dog whistle makes a dog respond to it, right? You're telling me that people are so weak they're so clueless, they're so helpless that they respond to my dog whistles. It's an insult to the people that you're actually talking about, not an insult to me. I speak, I think pretty clearly, I take the hits, I say what I mean, I mean what I say. There's nothing between the lines for, for you to read about me, for me to say, it's clear. There's no dog whistle, but I thought about that. I didn't respond to him because it wasn't worth my time. And you know, I respond to a lot of comments. I can't get them all, but I respond to a lot of them. So I just thought about that. Hey, you have thick skin too. Follow us every place I talked about right now. Check out uh, the, right there, right there, look at that. That's how clueless I am. But check out the Leo Project, your, uh, your uh, uh, Leo Project. Donate there. We've helped a few families out. We want to help more. It takes money and that's what we're trying to do. And we really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks for listening. It means a lot. I know we all want to save this country. God bless each and every one of you, and we will talk next time. Take care.